I can't believe it. I can't believe my book is live. If you haven't heard, I'm officially an author. Welcome to Champagne Confidence. I'm your host, Heidi Anderson. Oh, if you want to get around my brand spanking new book, it's a memoir of me and my story. Um, it's inspirational, I guess, <laughs> for you. Um, if you want to get around it, you can now. It is on pre-sale. So the link is in the show notes. It's called Drunk on Confidence and it's a memoir by me, Heidi Anderson. All of the information you can find on the link in this episode. But without further ado, let's go to uh, Champagne Confidence Live. This was recorded a couple of weeks ago in August in Perth at our live podcast show. This guest is a powerhouse of a woman. She tells a story of surviving mental health and now thriving. Her name is Rumbi Mazengi. Woo! You know how you feel after a couple of glass of bubbles? You're confident, you're self-assured, and you're ready to take on the world? Imagine if you had the strength and awareness to do that when the buzz wears off. I'm Heidi Anderson, author, former radio host, and CEO of my own company, and this podcast is about building your confidence by stepping outside your comfort zone. Welcome to Champagne Confidence. This woman is such an epic creator of an incredible makeup line. Uh, She has a powerful story. So when I was putting together the speakers that I wanted tonight, Ruby was up there because I saw her speak at Fusion. Uh, One of my friend, Ash, her, you know, everyone knows Fusion, don't they? Networking, but maybe they won't on the podcast. Uh, (laughs) It's a networking here in Perth. And I saw Ruby speak at International Women's Day and I actually stalked you down and I was like, I love you. I want to talk to you more. I want to get you on my, I didn't even have a podcast then. I was like, I want to do a live with you. And I just love everything about you because you have such a powerful story. And when I was putting people together tonight, there was Steph with business and confidence. And then there was you with rebuilding yourself and recreating a life from having a mental breakdown and then building herself back up. And it's a powerful story and I can't wait to share it with you. You're a, you know, incredible mental health advocate, a woman who is just, that, that I feel really quite calm around. You have a beautiful presence. And like I said, you have created your own makeup line, which is out there as well with the merch. Yeah. <laughs> so can we get a round of applause? bit of an intro to you I would love to know who is Ruby from your perspective oh my god no Um, pressure by the way she also said I'm so nervous but I'm like me too um so who am I okay so Ruby I'm 29 years old um I'm Zimbabwean so I'm originally from Zimbabwe moved here in 2007 I was 14 so I am quite used to having to literally like recreate yourself um, I am a business owner, um, I'm a mental health advocate, but most importantly, I suffer from depression, I have anxiety, and um, I also have PTSD from sexual abuse when I was quite young, and um, I, hmm, 
I guess I'm a student. I like to call myself a student. I'm a student of life at the moment. Yes. That's why I love you. That's why I love people like Steph. That's why I love doing things like this because I'm literally in a journey at the moment where I am absolutely open and willing to learn as much as I can about myself and as much as I can about life and also other people. So I think if I were to pretty much say who I am, Ruby is a student. I'm a student oh. to life at the moment. I love yeah. that. <laughs> and how do you think you're going? Are you uh, A, B, C kind of girl with great news? <laughs> I don't know. I really don't know. So um, I've been saying that on my social media like the yeah. whole entire year. But I'm a student. I'm a student. Um, and are people I think, you to grade yourself? I would be. I, I want to grade myself at the end of the year. <laughs> oh, okay. Because okay. I thought maybe 365 days would be like enough to encompass how well I've done. Well, where do you think um, you're at? I think because I'm here tonight, I'm going to give myself a B today. Yes! Why not? And I think everyone else will as well. And like Thank I said, you. I'm so, I just, there's something about your energy. There's something about your story that I think many people will relate to. And I think I was reading a stat the other day. Oh God, I'm so bad at stats. Why did I say that? <laughs> trying to remember mental health stats. 45%. Yeah, 45%. Yeah, because I watch them. I'm, I, I, so 45% what? 45% of Australians at the moment literally live with any, like, on the spectrum of mental health diagnosis. So it could go from depression to literally schizophrenia or anything like that. We kind of... And, I mean, it's not anything to be ashamed of, by the way, because we just came out of a pandemic, so... Mm. You know, it's kind of normal. <laughs> well, we're still really living it, aren't yeah. we? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's also monkeypox, so. Oh, <laughs> oh, I should laugh. Yeah. Um, okay, so you're a student of life. Yeah. You're Ruby. You are a mental health advocate. I would love for you to share. What does depression feel like? Oh my god. Um. Two months ago, it was two days of literally shutting my blinds out, shutting myself out, um, and spending time just crying because I just could not figure out how I can do another 365 days while trying to let go of everything that I've gone through and also just become a new person. Um, depression to me feels like I say, so my favorite thing to do, I don't know if anybody has been down to the jetty. Um, in um, what's this place oh, called? Bustleton. Bustleton. Yeah, Bustleton Jetty. Yeah, West and Australia. Yeah, and I don't know if anybody has ever gone swimming there. So one of my favorite things to do now is to go there every single year, at least twice, and just like dive in and swim. Mm. So on one end, depression to me feels like literally floating in an ocean where it's just yourself. But then at the same time, ever since I started swim, um, not swimming, sorry, speaking. It feels like being at the beach. There's so many people that have it. It's just sad that we don't talk about it. Mm. But because there's so many people that are swimming in the waters, it makes me feel a little bit more comfortable to go through it, one, and to, two, figure it out. So it feels like being at the beach. Sometimes the waves are rocky. Sometimes they're calm and nice. And it is what it is. And so how do you, you know, get through your depression? How do you find confidence to push through and live every day um two things give me confidence and i'm going to be honest um i'm a spiritual person i grew up in a spiritual home i grew up under christian parents um and outside that i grew up with parents that just sort of helped anybody like my parents are just those people they help everyone 
And I kind of hate it, if I can be honest. <laughs> so for me, I've got two things that give me confidence. One thing that gives me confidence is the fact that I've always believed in God. And, you know, I was saying this to Heidi before. Oh, you're going to tell that story, aren't you? No, this is good. So, okay. Yeah, but, so, yeah, I think tell the story because, yeah. like, it's your faith, right? Okay. Yeah. So to um, the year that I got out of hospital, so, okay, long story short, um, I went through a divorce at 24 and then um, afterwards I moved out and I was trying to figure out my life. And then when that happened, pretty much like my childhood, you know, everything just came onto me and I became severely depressed and then I actually ended up being suicidal. Then I ended up spending three months in a mental hospital. I'm a perfectionist, one. Two, I was never prepared for anything like that going wrong in my life. So when it happened, I was absolutely clueless. Three, I also come from a culture and a faith where things like that don't happen, like you're not supposed to get divorced. So I was completely in the dark. Anyway, so I went through three months of being in a mental hospital. I came out and I was absolutely shattered. Like when I say I was shattered, I was completely shattered. I was also in my third year of my business and it was doing well. So it was like the worst time for me to go through things like that. Anyway, I came out and one of the days this lady reached out to me via Facebook and she just said to me, look, can I take you out for coffee? So she takes me out for coffee and she was just so full of like hope and brightness. And you know when you're going through shit, the last thing you want to hear is somebody be so bright. It's like, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> share my confidence yeah, no not at all I was like I just I just want to know but um her name is Farisa she's one of my like she's just somebody that I just admire so much she sat me down we were at dome and I remember we were talking and she had this notebook she brought like this notebook for me and she was like I want you to do a vision board I see you doing this I see you speaking in front of people I just see this aura in front of you and then she said do you know Heidi and I was like yeah I know her I listened to her one time she was talking about her mental health thing and yeah it was helpful she's like I see you talking in front of her so how crazy is that so the day this was literally 20, 2019. I'm literally shaking as I say Me this. too. Yeah. So the day that you messaged me, I was like, <sighs> I was like, I know that's not what he says. <laughs> I know. And I, I remember like messaging her and I was like, oh my God, like, sorry, I'm shaking. And I was like, oh my God, like, is this, like, is this what you, like, what? And then we did the live. I was happy with the live. I was like, Psh. The manifestation came true. This is enough of a sign from God. But yeah, I my confidence honestly comes from just having always believed in God. I believe in God. I believe that he speaks to me through the universe, through my ancestors, through people that I meet. Um, everything in my life at the moment, literally from A to Z, is a testament of just how gracious God has been through in my life. So that's what gives me confidence. Two, what gives me confidence is me. I'm a kick-ass woman and the fact that I am here at 29, I cannot wait to see well be at 50, at 60, at 70, at 80, at 100, however old I get to leave and I hope I get to leave long enough. Um, what gives me confidence is that at a time where I was down and I had nothing, I had nothing to give and I still went ahead and gave everything. I've done speaking, I've done workshops when I was like when you were talking about being broke, 
I was running mental health workshops with like a hundred dollars in my account and dividing that to make sure it fit because I just wanted to get the word out so for me that those are the two things that give me confidence and you know just yeah just those two things really there's so many things to unwrap there <laughs> you know I love that we had that moment of you know and I think this is a big place of where I'm at and this whole show is a manifestation of what I've been this is a seed of me planting what I want to do bigger things and so the fact that you said to me before which I don't think you mentioned then I was on your vision board yeah you were you were on my vision board (laughs) Heidi um you too Steph as well I I found out about Steph um it was 29 28 no 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 2017 2018 when you started House of Hopi and there was one particular one that you did with candles and at that time because my mom's very crafty so I've always wanted to be like her because she was very crafty so when I saw your thing I really wanted to come out but like her I was not in a position to face people I was not in a position to put my hair pretty or to dress pretty so I just kind of stepped away from it and then when I I guess like when we became friends like on Facebook um, on Instagram and stuff like that I actually went to check out if you were still running them then I realized you weren't anymore which is fine because it was like oh my god it, it was successful so it was good but yeah you were on my vision board a lot of the people from people like Brooke um, a lot of people that I've and I think that's why I'm so I run vision board workshops that's why I'm so passionate they work yeah I really I really am passionate because I think having a vision of your life and who you want to surround yourself with I think sometimes God provides you of literally people that you need to be connected with just for you to be able to keep on going so you were literally on my vision board that so special and you know when we had that moment before I was like no when you're telling me stop telling me but you know what photo did you choose of me Um, (laughs) do you know what it was just interested do you remember me talking to you about your shed your shed yes Yes, that was it oh you went on my Instagram yes yes because there was that and then I I thought I actually attended one that you hosted and I found out it wasn't you downstairs what someone that she without me. Yeah, yeah. A few years ago, somebody what? did the exact same thing. No, Margaret River. I don't know if you ever. Sorry to bring. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, I'm all for like empowering events, but you can't. It's trademark. She knows she's trademark. <laughs> well, I'm here, Mother Lou's, Usually, where I do them. Yes. <laughs> Doing another one in December, October. October. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, we've had a little joke. Now I'm going to serious. Shush, shush, shush with the lolly bags. I think it's really important conversation with 45% of Australians at the moment suffering from mental health. Many of us, I think nearly all of us will be touched um, with someone that we know, if it's not ourselves. How low did it get? Like, where did you get to? Oh, my God. It was... It was so bad. Um, I I don't think... I can't even put it into words. Um, I've been trying to even write it down and it just never comes. It was bad. Um, I can't put that experience into words. Um, I'm, uh, I have high functioning depression and anxiety. So it means that when you see me like doing the most, you should be like, girl, do you want to sit down? <laughs> um, at that time I was working two jobs. I had my business. I was constantly running around. 
I just never sat down. And I remember there was a time as well where I became very, um, I, I, I don't like calling it like being an alcoholic because in my head it was wine, so it's like not as bad. Um, <laughs> I mean, it really is. But there was a time where I would literally come back home and because I knew I wasn't going to be able to sleep and I still needed to get up the next morning, I would just drink to knock myself out. Mm. And I think to me, that's one of the worst things, like when you have to knock yourself out. Mm. So that was bad. Um, I also isolated myself really um, badly. Um, and um, when it hit rock bottom for me was when I woke up from a coma. I think that was the time where I was like, shit. <laughs> Um, so how long were you in a coma for? I was in a coma for like two days. Wow. Yeah. And do you remember anything? No. Not leading up to the moment, no. Um, I remember like waking up like in the hospital and I had like tubes, you know, everywhere and stuff like that. And I remember like the first thing that I asked for was like a pen and a paper. I just remember being like... And then I just remember like writing a letter to myself and I was like, never again. I don't care how bad it gets. I don't care what you have to do to find help. I don't care. I, I don't care. It's never, it never needs to end up that way. So for me, waking up in a coma was the worst thing I've ever experienced in my life because of depression. And ever since then, I just decided that's not going to be my life. That's not, my life is not going to end in that way. So. Every time I talk to you, I get so emotional because, you know, I think many of us have heard someone has hit that, you know, rock bottom that way, we've lost someone or whatever, and, you know, I think I'm so proud of you for having that conversation and that you're still here to tell us, and I know there's people that are here that have been affected themselves um, with family members and stuff, and I think it's such an important conversation because you can feel so alone. Yeah. It's very easy to. I think it's, it's it's such a lonely journey, obviously, because like anybody else in life, you do have to figure your shit out. And I think that's the worst part, that for some people, maybe you're just figuring out like one pile of shit. For other people, you're figuring out like a whole bunch of shit. And for me, I think what made me really sad was because I felt like I had done my genuine best in like being a good person and like, you know raised in a Christian home, like, trying as much as I could to be positive about life. And I'm very positive. Like, I'm so positive that even this year I've had to be like, okay, dial it down, okay? It's okay to be negative sometimes. <laughs> it's fine. But um, I think for me that's what really sucked. And I, I struggled so much with understanding God, understanding faith, even understanding connection as a whole. But I think what I took from that experience was... I remember like the psychiatrist that I saw the first time, like when I woke up in hospital, um, the first time when I had the three months, and she said to me, you have a car, right? And I love telling this story. She said to me, you have a car, right? And I'm a really smarty pant, so I was looking at her like, um, sorry, you've got like a nine year degree to be asking me that. And <laughs> that's your first question. <laughs> you know, like what? Shouldn't you be asking me about my trauma or something like that? And she said to me, like, you've got a car, right? And I was like, yeah, I do. And she was like, okay, so what do you do with your car? And I was like, sorry, what? And then she was like, if your car breaks down, like, what do you do with it? And I was like, take it to the mechanic. Like, and then she said to me, so why are you not doing the same thing? And I was like, excuse me, I'm not a car. 
and then she was like yeah but it's the same thing like you're a human being they are people that are meant to know or that have been trained in knowing how your brain works how your body works how everything works like we're so quick to sign up to the gym yeah and like call a hairdresser and i love that because that makes me happy so <laughs> call me okay so, like you know we're so quick to call everything else but to dial the number when we're not okay and i think for me when she said that it just clicked in a logical way that i was like oh damn okay so I, all I had to do was to call up and I know it's embarrassing sometimes I know it's scary sometimes but then it's like would you rather be the person stuck on the sideway with your car like you know damaged or would you just rather take it to the mechanic you know so yeah that's just powerful that's just how I've kind of I remind I have to remind myself that every single time that I get into that place so. and what do we go we go get fuel yeah. you know like and that's something yeah. that we need to do yeah you even clean your car yeah. Like, you clean your car, you've got insurance, you put those little yeah, stickers that smell really beautiful. Some of you guys probably have heated seats. Please get some heated seats for yourself. Okay? <laughs> so true. Well, girl, I know that you have built yourself up from the bottom. And thank you so much for sharing that because I know, like I said, it's such an important conversation, especially in 2022. It should be a conversation that we're going to keep on. I hope that we don't keep having, but um, how did you start to recreate recreate and build yourself? It was so hard, but um, it was also fun. I'm an adventurous person. I'm not the type to go hiking. Don't ever ask me to do so, <laughs> but I will absolutely do certain different things. So for me, it's been funny because it's gone like in years. So the first year that I came out of hospital, I had this whole thing about like exploring my creativity. And I was just like, you know what? I'm not sure if I even have like two, three years to leave. Um, so I'm just gonna do it all. So I remember like I launched Sleep and Dream, which was like a networking platform for um, small business owners. Cause I wanted to talk about the impact of mental health on your business and also on yourself. Um, I did that. It was so much fun. I met so many incredible people. I got so many mentors out of that. Um, I started speaking as well, which was really fun. And so that was the first year. The second year, I was on this whole journey of self-love. I've been to the most amazing self-dates. I, I can go to a restaurant and I'll sit down and I'll have my cocktail, I'll have my food and I'll look amazing like this and I'll go home and I'll feel amazing. On your so, own? Yes. Oh, absolutely. Wow, I love yes. that. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. Thank you. It was fun. Like, it was awkward at first. Wow. And I'll meet people and they'll be like, what are you doing? And they'll be like, it's a self date. Okay, it's a thing. Um, but it was fun. Like, it was really fun. And I also started sharing that on Instagram. Yeah. So people also grew into that. And I'll share about that as well. And then for me, this year, this year has been about finding my spiritual center again. I wanted to find my place with God because I felt like prior to me going through that, I had, like, a really good understanding of my place with God. And this year has all been about spirituality. Like I said, I'm a student. So literally every single year, I'm picking one thing that I stick to and I'm just gonna learn as I go and I'm just trying to to get by like that that's just what's the number one thing that you could share with everyone of being a student of life of 2022 that you've learned um I read I don't know does anybody know Brene Brown <laughs> seriously if you don't google her TED talk on vulnerability she that woman saved my life like I pray she's on my vision board so oh one day I God. pray to be her so if you know Brene Brown well please. I'm working my way there <laughs> okay well you do let me know 
there's a book that Brene Brown wrote and it's um, on leadership and I took that like as leading yourself and she said that clear is kind so for me this year it's all it's all it's been about clarity right and I wanted to understand like the duality of being a human being you know you've got good sides you've got bad sides so when you're down rock bottom it's like your bad side is like hitting on you when you're good and you're on your champagne confidence it's everything coming up and I wanted to understand how I can balance those two people that way they're not constantly fighting each other and knocking each other out so for me my biggest thing for this year has been not to sound very dramatic but every single human being has like a very godly essence about them but then you also have like a demonic <laughs> essence about you oh yeah i can work you you know we're human beings like sometimes you're very angelic and then sometimes it's like what the hell is this monster mm-hmm. right and for me the biggest takeaway from this year is to be able to love yourself you need to be able to stand both people you need to be able to stand both people. If you're down in the mud, because I do that, when I'm down in the mud, I'm the one kicking my own ass. Mm-hmm. It doesn't even, I don't need anybody else to even do it for me. <laughs> I do it for myself. And once I do it, I lock up what anybody else could ever say about me or what, what, like what they could do to get me out of that place. So for me this year, I've had to learn that I am Ruby when I'm champagne confident, when I look like this, my hair is done and I feel great and I feel beautiful. I'm also roomy on the days where I need two days to shut myself out of the world. How I treat myself in both those situations is what actually defines me more than anything else. Um, I worked in aged care as my one of my first jobs. So I learned how to give the perfect care to people that need it. And for the longest of time, I wasn't doing that for myself. So for me this year, when you get down in the mud, I pray that you treat yourself like the way that you would treat somebody else in a job that you get paid for. Because sometimes you should do that. So, yeah. I told you she was going to be and powerful. So tell us about your makeup line. Because, well, one, we can purchase it out there. Yes. <laughs> as well as the pop kettles and all that jazz. All the champagne confident shirts. But tell us about your makeup line. So you've rebuilt yourself. Yeah. You're here now. You are champagne confident. You're accepting these two. Well, I guess they are. It is the devil and the, you know, the angel on our shoulders, isn't yeah. it, that we have. I mean, I've got 20,000 different personalities sometimes <laughs> going on in my head and different things. But, um, oh, fuck, I forgot what I was going to say. Where was, where was um, I heading? But my makeup. Yes, makeup that's where I was heading. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I've got a makeup line. It's called Anaka. Um, I from Zimbabwe, so my language is called Shona. And in Shona, Anaka means you're enough. So I actually took the name from my sister's name. Her name is Tanaka, and my parents gave her that name because it was now two girls. So they were like, we don't need any more girls. <laughs> That's enough. Um, so I launched my. I, be, I became a makeup artist in 20, 2012, I think it was. And um, for me, my passion in makeup comes from something that I'm also passionate about. Um, I speak so much about like the black woman's experience in Australia because it's very much relevant and it's something that we don't often get a platform to be able to speak about. Um, I remember like going to like my year 10 formal and we were trying to like, book a makeup artist and nobody would do our hair. Nobody would like as in flat out, sorry, cannot do it because don't have your skin tone, yada, yada, yada. And I remember like going to like Kmart, Woolies and like all these shops trying to buy makeup and could not buy any makeup. So by the time I'm such a bulldozer 
and if something is not fixed the right way trust me I'll go out my way and I'll fix it so for the past nine years that's what I've been doing in the makeup industry that's where I met my lovely um, assistant Ivy when she was literally 14 and I was doing her makeup Um, so I wanted to build a makeup line that's based on my legacy my legacy is a legacy of a black woman I will never be afraid of saying that because that's who I stand for, that's what I stand for. And I wanted to build a makeup line that celebrated our skin because my skin has never been celebrated and that was part of what caused me mental health issues, that was part of what caused me to not be as confident as I am now in my skin. Um, and I wanted to create something that black women can use. So obviously the skin, the range is for everyone, obviously. But then I created it with black women in mind because I wanted to build a legacy for them. Um, I hope that like as long as I'm here, I can continue to put out more products and reach out more people. Um, even like with our makeup classes and like working with people like Ivy, who are like my creative team. I just want to showcase what... I want to showcase what it looks like to give everybody a seat at the table. I feel like there's so many spaces that we don't get to occupy and I just feel like beauty is just one of those that it's 2022. We should just all be able to grab a lipstick in our shade. We should all be able to grab a foundation and a powder in our shade. But that's still a struggle that black women in Australia still heavily face. Um, if you're a woman, you know how important doing your makeup is for your self-care, etc. And I just want to be able to make sure they also have that. So that's why I created my makeup line. But also now with my new journey with mental health, it's also a stamp. It's also a fuck you um, to depression and anxiety because this is a woman who deals with that and she's running a makeup line, she's running a makeup business, she's going out of her way to coach, uh, to, to help other women to feel more confident in themselves. So, yeah, so that's what my legacy is about. Yeah. Pitching your makeup line. Oh, um, have we done? Oh my god, girl, we need to catch up. Okay, cool. Yeah, she needs to catch up with Steph and I. (laughs) Yeah, we need to put our heads together. Like, girl, are we looking at Priceline or? No, honest, I would love to. If you know anybody, if we can yes. help, um, we'll also be. But you need like to just get out there yourself. We'll help I you. Will. I will. I will. I'm working my way to it. Yes. <laughs> okay. Where can we stalk you? Where can we buy your makeup? Um. So my makeup is online. Um. I'll give you guys details if you want to head up. Um. Come up and talk to me later on. I'm happy to give you details. Other than that, you can also find me on Instagram. Um. My Instagram is Hey I'm Ruby. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll chuck it in the show notes as well for everyone. So when yes. this podcast comes out, we'll get the link yes. in the show notes. Yeah. Thank you so much. Powerful. Woo! Thank you so much for listening. If you want to get on the wait list to find out if we're coming to you, to find out where the podcast is going to be recorded live next, please join the wait list. And also thank you so much for everyone who is getting around my book. We are currently in pre-sale. I can't believe it's so strange selling a book and I haven't even seen it yet. The link is in the bio. Ah, Lots of love and I'll chat to you soon. Bye.